Wow. So this is uh, episode two of season two, which is all about healing. And what a time to start a podcast about healing. I'll be honest with you, I'm re-recording what week two was supposed to be in light of the much-needed uproar and upheaval within our country, uh, the United States, this week. I want to be very clear, as I most likely stumble through this process, that I am a white American, which means when it comes to racism and the persecution of our black brothers and sisters, I am in no way a voice of authority or an expert. I am learning and listening as much as I can as we go through what I hope continues to be an upheaval and not a trend that dies down in a week or two. There must be change. But it's also incredibly important to me that anyone who listens understands that I am trying to be a voice alongside them and use the platform in which I have, which is is talking about um, mental health and wellness and healing in partnership with a very strong message that they have been carrying for way too long. And I am so devastated by the reasons in which it has come up, but so grateful that people are actually listening. For me, I have been avoiding re-recording week two, and it's simply because it's scary. It's scary to be able, not be able, to even approach this topic because of how much pain and agony sits underneath it. And it's scary because I don't want in any way to minimize or water down or act as if I could completely understand or maybe even only percentagely understand what it is like to go through life being thought less than or shut out before you even open your mouth. But by the color of your skin by the family you were born into. I I cannot imagine that. Openly, there was a time in which I thought I did understand a little bit. By no means a lot, by no means all the way. But I said, you know, I understand a little bit. I've been persecuted myself coming out as, as gay in a Midwest town um, or, you know, even city that I had moved to at that point in the early 2000s was not easy. In fact, at that time, my job, I could have been fired from my job for being gay. There were no laws to protect me. And I said, so I understand a little bit. And as I've been, as I've been listening this week, as I've been learning, I realized that even in my own thoughts, I owe apologies to my brothers and sisters of color because while I could have lost my job or I could have been persecuted 
I hid behind my own whiteness. I was able to hide where I could get prejudice whenever I wanted. I could pretend. I was always given the benefit of the doubt. I was always given an opportunity to create my own narrative. And so I share that to say, I believe many of us hear the word racism and we assume the extremes. Just as I think a lot of LGBTQ individuals hear evangelical and they assume the extremes. We assume that what that means is something horribly negative. But unfortunately, with racism, we're all dealing with it. Every single one of us, and especially in the white community, it is a time for us to swallow our pride and begin to listen differently. Begin to listen not in the sense of I'm being attacked, but that my brothers and sisters of color are asking to be heard, that they have lived in a less than state since this country began, that they have been hurting and they have been wounded and they have not been given an opportunity to have equality. Racism, yes, has been taken to extremes. I think we immediately think, you know, horrible KKK and lynching and this police brutality, and we should, But racism is also, even in the simplest forms, when I am able to be given the benefit of the doubt when I'm pulled over for a speeding ticket, when I'm never questioning my safety as I run along the river (laughs) during the week, as I continue to have conversations and feel like my voice can be heard and feel like I'm not being judged, I experience racism and I benefit from racism as a white woman every single day. And if we can listen with that lens, if we can understand that it's not us being attacked, but us being informed, we allow different conversations to begin. Now, I'm not an expert. I really, really, really am not. But I'm hoping that together we can help begin new conversations and create actual change. The last thing I want to say before we dig into a little bit more deeper about healing is that I've heard a lot of people say, um, unfortunately, on my own social medias, on people I've known for a long time, continue to post the all lives matter um, comments and hashtags. And the best example I can give of why that is such a detrimental thing to say is the house on fire analogy. And uh, the analogy goes like this. Imagine that you're in a, a neighborhood. For me, I, I grew up in a small town, so I, can, I imagine my small town where, you know, at least in a small neighborhood or in a neighborhood alone, you probably know some of your neighbors. If you're from New York, that might be a weird concept. But for me, I knew all of my neighbors. And it, was, it, it would be as if you hear all this commotion outside and, and you run out. And all of these people are running towards a house that's on fire. And you're, you're like, oh my gosh, their house is on fire. How can I help? How can I, I get over there and, and, and get the flames down? And Jim comes up to you and he goes, what's going on? And you're like, 
Sarah's house is on fire. We're all going to help. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, her house is on fire. And Jim says, well, what about my house? And you're like, oh my gosh. And so you look over and you realize Jim's house is fine. It's exactly as it was every day and, and yesterday and probably the day it'll be tomorrow. Jim's house is completely fine. You go, Jim, Jim, what do you mean? Well, what about my house? My house matters. Well, Jim, of, of course your house matters. But right now, her house is literally on fire. We are running towards her fire to help her so that she doesn't lose everything, so that lives are not lost in her house. And yet Jim stands there and he goes, but my house matters. Jim, of, of course your house matters. Of course your house matters. We're not questioning the value of your house or the need for your house to be safe. What we're saying is right now, her life and her family's life is being threatened because of a fire. And we are acting as one, as a community, realizing that we were all inclusive, that all lives really do matter. And right now hers is in the balance. The Black Lives Movement is never, ever, ever minimizing anyone else's life. It is not saying whites are less. It's saying, please realize we are equal. Black Lives Matter is a movement to create equality, to say we are not less than you. It is not minimizing the lives of the good police officers out there trying to protect peaceful protests or getting down on their knees with with protesters or are crying home to their families, having to watch everything that's going on. It's not minimizing your life, but it is asking to elevate the lives of those who are being persecuted. Let's stop giving in to the negative narrative. It is okay for positive focus to be on somebody else. It doesn't mean that you are not of value. And I think in the moments where we want to put that up, where we want to say all lives matter, I think it's a really amazing opportunity for us to question what's going on inside us. What is coming up inside us that is causing us to want to write something like that? Where we would need to minimize the story of someone hurting to make us feel better. It is incredibly scary to have someone else's pain provoke and tap into and touch our own trauma. And that's how I want to segue into healing today. This is where I can be hopeful. For Black Lives Matter, all I can do is be an advocate and a listener and a learner. And I hope that you can too. If you are not someone who is significantly burdened right now by the fact that we have to create a movement to give you equal change. And I'm so sorry for that. But as I segue into this, what this movement has reminded me about healing is that healing doesn't happen until there's upheaval. This is something I wish we could get around, and I have spent a significant amount of time trying to get around. And that's a very embarrassing thing to admit, but I do it, I do it to warn you in a in a kind productive way healing doesn't happen because we say oh it's time for me to to get over this it's time for me to heal 
I've been depressed long enough. Mm, my anxiety is annoying. Uh, you know, this, this, that, or the other, um, I should, I should get over. In fact, I think we all roll our eyes and think about the times that someone said to us when we were in the middle of something incredibly painful, just get over it. How upsetting and horrible that experience is for another person to say it to us. And yet, we allow that kind of narrative in our internal processing. And what that narrative does when it's internal like that, just get over it, move on, move past it, is it creates a disillusion that you can heal without doing the work. And more so that these bandages that we put on and these fake smiles are actually healing. What happens is when we continue to fake it until we make it, making it is actually altering our route altogether. When we continue to shove things down and not pull them up, we actually begin to push ourselves on a different route entirely. Because we cannot continue forward when we're dragging all of this other stuff behind us. We cannot continue forward with the narrative we were writing when we're consumed with lies of we're okay. And I don't believe anyone does this maliciously. I'm working on forgiving myself when I look at the damage I've done by pretending that I'm okay. And so I'm not saying this for us to scold ourselves. I think that's just another negative narration that we don't need. I think it's an opportunity to say, huh, I gotta stop running. This forced pause in quarantine, this insanely needed but very emotional and very scary upheaval within our nation, United States, right now, gives us a very, very clear understanding of the necessity of upheaval, of the necessity to unroot and dig up and cleanse what's going on below the surface in order to then heal. Have you ever seen, you know, I'm sure you have if you were active at all or if you have kids, an infected scab? An infected scab is, well, it's gross if we're honest with ourselves. It's disgusting, especially when it's really big. But it's also incredibly painful. It's swollen. It's sensitive. Kind of itches. When we continue to not cleanse, we continue to add up triggers that go into our relationships with people and our relationship with ourselves. It affects who we are and it can begin to change who we are in most likely a direction we don't want to go. Healing without upheaval is not healing. It's pretending. You do not have to pretend. It is okay to ugly cry. It is okay to have to pause. 
it is okay to say my junk is not organized. I am a disaster right now. But you cannot stop there. (laughs) Stating it is a huge deal and it should be celebrated. Taking a moment and acknowledging where you are in a very authentic way is necessary. And then from there, you have to do the hard work. Right now, today, today is recognizing. This week in our nation is recognizing. This moment in your heart, wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, it can be an opportunity to recognize that the route in which you're going now is not the route in which you're required to stay. I have learned something so painful that I want to share with you in case you're there and I want you to know you're not alone or in case you didn't realize and I want you to catch on faster than I did or in case you may someday get there and you can be aware of it ahead of time. And it is this, your ego and your wounds and your trauma will tell you now that you're down this path, now that you've made these decisions, now that you're stuck here in this narrative, you have to keep going. You have to eat what you've made. You have to lie in the bed that you've created. All those stupid analogies. But you don't have to. You don't have to. If you are not on the road you want to be on, if you are not healed, if you are not okay, if you are not happy, you do not have to keep going down a road you said you were going to go down. The bravest, strongest, healthiest thing that you can ever do for yourself is to stop and to say shoot I'm doing this wrong we live in a incredibly socially exposed world where we believe we have to put everything with a beautiful bow around it and we have to tailor our message for people to only see our successes and to assume we're always succeeding We are overexposed to narratives of other people conquering their fears, healing from a breakup, doing a mass makeover. We live in these messages every day and we falsify our own narrative to meet up to to that expectation. You do not have to do that. It doesn't make you less to stop. It doesn't make you less to turn around. It doesn't make you less to go back, to heal, to have the hard conversations. It makes you brave. And it will give you an opportunity to live the life you deserve, not the life you think you have to stay inside of. You, as you are, are enough. I am not telling you that you have to change to be enough. You are enough as you are, however you find yourself. Broken, healed, in between, unsure, pretending, faking it till you make it, living the mundane, numb as all get out. You are enough. That is the first and foremost message of all messages. You are enough as you are. And in that understanding that you are enough, you also have the opportunity to choose the life you want. 
It's just going to take work to get there. And sometimes work is not forward. Sometimes work is backwards. And sometimes work is digging down. Digging in to the wounds. Pulling up the weeds. Dealing with the trauma. Having hard conversations. Asking for help. Admitting you are not okay. You are enough. And you are worth the hard work. Healing without upheaval is not healing. It's just pretending. You don't have to pretend anymore.